Hello and welcome to the Your Gym Big Sister podcast. I hope you are having a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you happen to be listening to this and welcome back to the show. How are we this week? Are we all doing absolutely amazing? Uh, I'm coming to you live from Dublin. I'm actually coming to you live from my mom's conservatory. So I don't obviously don't record my podcast and post them anywhere in terms of like videos. But if you could see, I am currently surrounded by a washing machine, a dryer and my mom's plants, which is nice. Um, So a bit of a different setting. I'm hoping that the audio is still going to be all good. I have my, my big daddy microphone, so I'm hoping that she pulls through. Um, But yes, I am back. It is Thursday morning. It is fucking cold guys (laughs) I am not used to the cold after being in like the 30 degree heat in Canada the sun is just rising over the ocean which is very beautiful of course as always and yeah I mean look it is nice to be back to be back home the weather was absolutely gorgeous the first two days I was back it was like 25 degrees sunny and I was like oh this is fine but um it's it's gone downhill since then (laughs) it's been kind of grim I'm not gonna lie like it has it's not really doing it for me uh like when I was back in June it was basically sunny every single day and It was unreal and I was really romanticizing coming home. I was like, oh yeah, it's going to be so nice. I'm going to go for all my sunny morning walks with my coffee along the beach. Um, But now I remember what Ireland's actually like most of the time, which is kind of cold, kind of damp, kind of rainy. And I remember why I left. (laughs) But it's fine. It's fine. There's obviously lots to be grateful for. Um, I do love being beside the sea. I love seeing my dog, seeing my cat, seeing my friends, seeing my family. So all of that is wonderful. Um, but I am definitely missing some things about uh, about Canada, about home, I guess, which is so funny. Um, 100% missing the gym. Oh my God, guys, I cannot. Wow. I realize now how spoilt I am in pure muscle and fitness because it's honestly like it is the best gym in the world. Like at least it's it's up there with one of the best gyms in the world. And the equipment there is just incredible. The environment there, you know, you're training around loads of different pros, like people who are really fucking serious about their training. And obviously since coming home, I'm training in a not a gym like pure and I haven't been loving my sessions but it's fine like obviously we power through it's grand I do get a bit stressed when I'm training in different gyms and like traveling because I've got no numbers to compare anything to and I find sometimes it just takes me a little bit of time to like get into sessions and figure out what loads to use and I constantly like second guess myself I'm like am I actually training to failure am I pushing hard enough or am I going easy on myself um so it can just be a little bit of a a more of a mental struggle on Tuesday I was in the gym and I the entire session I wanted to leave I was doing (laughs) I was doing leg extensions and I was on like rep 17 or 18 and the like machine it didn't break but like the input pad where um like that goes against my shins it like flew out of the like attachment that it was in you know the way like you can change where it sits on your shin by like pulling a little kind of lever on the side I'm explaining this so badly but basically it fucking flew out of that so the thing just went like boom and uh yeah that wasn't fun and I was like I was like I I need to go home right now uh but anyway it's it's all fine it's all fine I also try to embrace like not having numbers in my head and kind of that lack of mental pressure I suppose like going into sessions and being like okay I'm just gonna train hard do a high quality set take all the way to failure and that's all I can really do so again swings and roundabouts it's all fine we'll make it I think like obviously the first few days I was a little bit jet lagged a little bit tired um although to be fair I didn't actually get too jet lagged I flew home landed at like 6 7 a.m and on, on Friday morning Dublin time which was like midnight Canada time or my body time and I was like I'm just gonna stay awake I'm just gonna power through and managed to just stay up go to the gym and then I came back and I was like yeah I need to go for a nap right now so I napped fucking hard Friday afternoon and now I've been fine kind of fine since so you know it's all good um another thing I also find really hard about being home is I just don't feel 
as productive <laughs> and like maybe that's just being in my family home but I don't know I kind of feel like a teenager again does anybody else get that like if you've like if you live away or you live out on your own and then you come back and you are living at home you feel like or you revert back to kind of like teenage patterns like I know a lot of people probably relate to that um so I don't feel kind of the same like my super productive you know independent business owner bad bitch kind of vibes like like I said I'm doing my work in the conservatory surrounded by the plants the washing machine it's not quite the same vibe as my nice well-lit home office like I'm still getting all my work done but it doesn't feel the same does anybody else like I don't know I'm sure other people get that when they do kind of come back home but it is what it is again like I'm just I'm just updating on how I'm feeling but I know I'll settle and I'm trying to like embrace being home because it's nice it is nice um but aside from that I don't have too much else to report this weekend is my brother's second wedding same wife <laughs> don't worry um and next week I've got a client shoot on Wednesday I had a client shoot there last Sunday which went really really well and then I have my first my very first client meetup next Saturday which I cannot wait for I cannot wait to meet oh my amazing clients like one of my clients is flying over from the UK what the hell like oh my god that is just mind-blowing to me because I just don't think I'm that important to people um so it's just incredible and sometimes it just goes to show that like you are probably impacting people more than you think like I just think I don't impact anybody so yeah I'm very excited and then Sunday I will be going to watch the NBFI show which is very exciting because that's actually the show that I well one of the shows one of the shows that I won last year that sounds really cocky but it is one of the shows that I won last year um where I won the figure and I won the overall so yeah it's gonna be nice to like go back and watch although obviously this time she's not a natty bitch anymore so I don't know if they're gonna like me anymore (laughs) jokes jokes anyway um something cute as well it's like this week last year was actually my very first peak week like how insane um so I've been kind of watching back over my IG stories my Instagram stories and my archive and just very much in my feels like I haven't really been watching back through prep memories like all summer um or this year at all but like it's just in the last week or two when I kind of have noticed that it, it, it was peak week this week last year and they've been coming up and it's just been kind of nice to reflect um it's so funny guys watching back my any of my talking videos on my stories my face was so skinny so skinny oh my god like she did like she just I looked so weird <laughs> it's so it's so gas how um and, and I remember because I spent so long looking like that from like whatever August September all the way up till November I just thought that that was what my face looked like and so sometimes still I'll look at my face and be like oh your face is a little bit chubby but it's, it's actually not this the face I have now is actually my real face that was so far removed from what my face was but yeah it's funny like you do just get so used to looking at yourself a certain way um but yeah it's just it's just nice like I just remember how fun it was how novel it all was like and I've said this before, but I, I genuinely kind of just forget about prep. Like, I forget that I did it. I forget that that whole experience happened. Like, that like that nine weeks, I think, from show number one all the way up to my final show in last... No, in LA. It's a blur. It is a, an absolute blur. Like, on one of my stories, um, it was, like, obviously the first day of peak week. And I had up a picture of my heels. And I was like, oh, into daily check-ins now. Guys, I checked in daily every single day from that day that first Monday of peak week all the way up to my last show (laughs) that's like 10 straight weeks of daily check-ins first of all my poor coach poor AJ he was probably so sick of me but I mean like he asked me to do it obviously but my phone as well like if you go back to my phone um my picture library from that point it's just picture picture picture. like oh my god it's it's bad but yeah it's it's just been nice nice to look back nice to reflect and it's definitely making me very excited to to prep again guys I can't wait but obviously I have nowhere near enough muscle tissue at all like not even uh, not even close so it's gonna take a while and um, it's funny as well looking back to my memories because obviously it shows you like your, your your normal stories but also all your close friend stories and the amount of close friend stories I have up which are pictures of me trying wellness poses like even last year so 
that, you know, my decision to do wellness, it obviously was, it was in my head like a year ago, which is gas. So I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping that my legs just get bigger, like just like another 15, 20 pounds on each leg and glute. And we might be somewhere who fucking knows. But anyway, that's update on me really. So let's, let's get into today's episode. Um, I don't, I don't even know if anybody cares to hear about my updates or cares to hear about me, but this is my podcast. So you're going to listen to me talk about myself because myself is my favorite fucking topic. Jokes. <laughs> She's not a narcissist. Anyway, ooh, the sun, sorry, the sun is like coming up right now and it's, she's kind of beautiful. Anyway, today I want to chat all about all of the reasons that you can't stick to your diet. So this is something I know a lot of people do struggle with because at the end of the day, dieting is hard, babes. It's it's difficult. If it was easy, everyone would be shredded. Um, and it's especially hard if you don't have the knowledge of how to make it easier. And I've obviously, I've made so many mistakes myself. I've had all of the struggles um, when it comes to dieting and sticking to my diet. And I've also, I've coached, I coached so many women and I know chatting to them where they've gone wrong in the past and I feel like I have hopefully a fair amount of kind of knowledge at this stage and I always say fat loss and dieting is a skill it's something that you get better at with time but I also think you can learn from other people's mistakes so today you're hopefully going to learn from maybe my mistakes maybe other people's mistakes that I've kind of picked up along the way so if you ever found yourself constantly messing up your diet wondering how the fuck do I stick to this damn diet then this episode's for you Okay. Now I do just want to mention I have two episodes all about nutrition and like my nutrition philosophy that I definitely recommend that you listen to if you haven't already. So they're episodes number four and six. I went back and checked this time, you guys. Um, they're called like my personal nutrition philosophies part one and two. So I think it's like core principles and then how to improve your diet. So if you haven't already listened go listen to them right because that's that's where we talk about like what actually makes a good diet and how like to improve it you know but this one is more so about like if you know those things but you still you can't quite get it right you're still kind of finding yourself unable to stick to your diet and stuff this episode is for you so before we get into it as always (laughs) if you like the episode don't be afraid to go and rate review follow the show share it on your stories as it really does help me like reach more people help my little show grow so that we can spread more hopefully good information out there um if you do tag me or if you do share any stories tag me so that i can say thank you of course um i think i'm almost at like twenty thousand listens i might be at twenty thousand listens now at this stage i was on like nineteen thousand four hundred the other day which is wild um that's just insane to me like what the hell anyway that's that i hope that you enjoyed this episode and let's just let's just fucking get into it all the reasons that you can't stick to your motherfucking diet okay so first reason first reason that I see people can't stick to their calories and that is just simply that they're not planning ahead or they're just winging their nutrition every single day so this is the person they wake up in the morning they have no idea what they're going to eat and they're like oh what will I have for breakfast oh I'll have this oh what will I have for lunch I'll have this. I'll just I'll just track as I go. Oh, I'll just I'll just track everything at the end of the day. And they think, they hope <laughs> that somehow this is magically going to get them to their calorie and macro targets. And this usually ends up with people like way over their calories or else way under their protein or like their macros are just all over the place or else maybe they're skipping meals, they're getting to the evening time, they're so hungry, they massively overeat at the end of the day. And like let's just be fucking straight lads. This is not the way to go about it. Okay, if you've always approached your dieting this way and it hasn't worked for you, guess what? That's a sign that you need to try something different. So when it comes to your diet, you need to be strategic and intentional. Okay, and you need to plan ahead of time what you are going to have each day. So as a side note, one of my favorite words at the moment is intention because I don't think enough like I don't think enough people are acting with intention um and when I say that I mean you know the the little actions we take and the choices we make they should all be in service or aiming towards some grander plan so like in terms of your nutrition this might even mean asking yourself like how is this meal going to bring me closer to my goals or with training, I always say train with intention, you know, ask yourself before your sets, like, what's the goal of this set? How is this going to impact my physique? 
did that impact my physique? You know, those are really important questions to ask yourself. You know, I think a lot of us just, we act completely on autopilot, completely out of habit. We never ask ourselves, why am I doing the things that I'm doing? What is this in service of? What am I actually working towards here? So act with intention, babes. Let's finish off the year acting with intention. Thank you. Anyway, sorry, that's a little tangent, but I just wanted to mention it. But this is where something like a meal plan can actually come in very handy um, because it gives you that structure and it shows you when to eat and what to eat rather than just going into the day with absolutely no notion of what you're going to have or just this random set of numbers to hit and I have definitely mentioned this before on podcasts because I know one of my previous podcasts was uh, things I've changed my mind on and I talked about meal plans a bit there but when I have a new client start with me I will give them calories and macros but I'll always give them a meal plan to show them exactly how to hit those calories so that they're not just going in blind and hoping for the best because hope will not get you there work will get you there That's also another side note. I hate when people are like, oh yeah, well, I hope my physique improves. No, work for your physique to improve. Hope does fucking nothing. You have to work for it. Like fucking obviously. Oh, I hope I stick to my calories this week. No, you have to put the work in to stick to your calories this week. Oh, I hope I don't fuck up this week. You have to work, 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 work. You better work, bitch. (laughs) Sorry. Now, do you have to follow a strict meal plan? No, like obviously not again. uh, But I do think that even if you're tracking your calories and flexibly dieting, you need to have a rough plan at least. So this is what I recommend doing at the start of the week or each evening before bed or in the morning first thing. Plan out your meals for like the next week or the next day, even if it's roughly. So always start with your protein source um, and plan that in at each meal just to make sure you actually hit your protein. Because this is where I see people struggle a lot. Like they get to the end of the day and they haven't hit their protein because they haven't planned their protein across the day. So every single meal, pick a protein source that gives you at least 25 to 30 grams of protein. Okay, that's it. That's so simple. And then plan the rest of your meals around that and plan the rest of your days around that. I highly recommend just having the same breakfast every day just to make life easier. Like, come on, wake up and just have it like autopilot. Okay, that's what I'm going to have. I'm just going to have that breakfast. Don't have to put too much thought into it. It's there. It's good to go. And if you're going to be meal prepping, you may as well just have the same lunches too. Like, I don't see why not. And then you can have some more flexibility with your dinner or your snacks if you want. But even having a rough plan is so much better than no plan at all. And just going through the day, making random choices, tracking as you go and hoping for the best. Because again, hoping is not going to get you any closer towards your goals. Planning will. Prepping will. So sit down, plan your food ahead of time. This is honestly the most basic tip, but it's one of the best tips that's actually going to help you stick to your diet. And it's the one that makes such a massive difference when any of my clients, uh, when I get them to implement it. So, um, and I guess a bit of an addendum to this point, which I'm not going to talk on too much because sometimes I feel like it's fucking obvious. Prep your meals if you need to. I don't, like, biggest ick in life or just pet peeve is people are like oh but I don't really like eating meal prep okay but which would you prefer eat the meal prep or never ever ever reach your goals and then just complain all the time that you're unhappy with how you look and you feel unconfident and you can't stick to your diet like fucking grow up grow up we all do things we don't like I don't like paying taxes guess what I do it anyway unfortunately so just grow the fuck up I don't care I don't care I don't care if you don't like eating out Tupperware. I don't care that you like, uh, oh, I don't, it's cold. I don't want to eat cold food. Fucking grow up. Grow up. Okay. I'm sorry. I just, I have to be honest here and do not, do not even think about telling me that prepping meals is hard. What? That is the whiniest little bitch excuse I've ever heard. I don't care. Cooking is not hard. It's not hard. Have you ever faced any sort of hardship in life? What the hell? How cushy has your life been if you think cooking is hard? It's not hard. It's easy. You're just being fucking lazy. Okay, so go and prep your meals. Okay, I don't. I'm sorry. You needed to hear that. You needed to hear that. Okay, next up. Sorry, she's getting a bit feisty, but it's just one of them things. It's like you choose your suffering. (laughs) And if you think prepping meals and eating cold food is suffering, then... I don't know what to tell you, bro. You need to go through, through some traumatic shit. <laughs> we we need to unleash some trauma on you so that you actually understand what hard means. Anyway, anyway, I'm joking. I'm I'm kind of joking, guys. Not really. Okay, next up, why can't you stick to your diet? 
It's because, and I see this a lot, you are setting completely unrealistic targets for yourself. So it still blows my mind a little bit how many women think they need to try and diet on like 1200 calories if they want to lose weight. And I'll see them try it and they will usually be pretty fucking unsuccessful. Now, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with 1200 calorie diets. Again, listen to the previous episode or like two episodes ago, things I've changed my mind on. But for a lot of people, they don't actually have the ability to be adherent to calories that low consistently. Why? Because it's hard. (laughs) It is hard. Like having lower calories, you're going to be a bit hungrier. Your energy might be a bit shitty. You know, your mood might go down. You might have a shorter fuse, a shorter temper. And unless you've developed the the emotional and mental resilience to adhere to that, you might struggle. Like you might find it hard, you know? And I see this all the time. Like people try to stick to super low calories. They end up fucking starving after a few days. Then they massively overeat, usually at the weekends. And then they start the cycle again. And these are the same people who usually say, oh, I can't lose weight even though I'm on low calories. But they're not actually on low calories because they're not sticking to them every day. So their average calories are not 1,200. Their average calories are more like 1,800, 2,000, which is probably not a deficit for them. So something to just keep in mind is you need to be realistic with the targets you set yourself, realistic with your expectations of what you can actually do. And you also need to remember, again, it takes practice and you takes time to develop the skills of being able to stick to your diet so before you try to stick to super low calories spend a week or two just being consistent at maintenance and once you've done that then start to reduce them then start to walk them down okay can I do 2000 sure okay now I'll do 1800 now I'll do 1600 you know you have to earn the right to do that don't just go in hell for leather into a massive deficit because there's a very good chance if you're newer to dieting or if you have a poor relationship with food that's not going to work it's not going to work. So you might want quick results, but doing this all the time is actually going to slow you down because you're going to be in this constant cycle of going super, super hard, falling off, going super, super hard, falling off, never actually seeing changes because you want to go so fast. Be okay with going a little bit slower, knowing that going a little bit slower is actually going to get you to where you want to be in the long run. Oh my God, guys, sorry, the sun, she's shining in on me. Amazing. I've no idea what the weather's supposed to be like. The weather was absolutely atrocious yesterday. I got to go for a walk in the rain. I was like, fuck this. Um. Anyway, that's meant to be cloudy. Okay, sorry. She got, she got sidetracked, but be patient, be realistic. And if, and here's the thing, right? If you can't stick to your calories, do not lower your calorie targets. This drives me mad, okay? Especially, oh my God, when clients ask, oh, like, I haven't really stuck, like, do you think I should lower my calories? But they haven't stuck to the calories I've set them? Like, no. Don't ask to change the plan if you can't stick to the current plan. Like, what the hell? That's like being like, oh, I can't really run a 5K. I'm just gonna sign up for a marathon. Fucking no. Be patient, okay? But I digress. Anyway, So aim to get the most from the least, especially with dieting. So I always say this, like aim to lose weight while keeping your calories higher and your output lower. You know, like you don't need to start on 1200 calories and cardio every single day. Start with higher calories, less cardio and aim and see if you can lose weight that way. And over time, yes, you will have to reduce calories as you lose weight, as you become a smaller human. But only do this when you're actually confident in your abilities to adhere and stick to those calories and understand that this is going to take time so set realistic targets if you if you literally can never stick to your calories ask yourself are they just way too low and if they are way too low try doing them higher okay i'm just gonna take a drink of water oh she's thirsty anyway okay next reason that you can't stick to your diet because you are only thinking about calories and you're forgetting about food quality so technically yes all calories are equal they're just a unit of energy and that's that's fine but different food sources are going to impact you very differently and it's so easy and again I've spoken about this before to get carried away with the if it fits your macros flexible dieting approach of oh well if I'm in a deficit like it doesn't matter what foods I'm eating but if you want to actually feel good I do not advise doing this the quality of your diet is really important and what do I mean by quality I basically just mean how processed the foods you eat are and how many micronutrients that they kind of contain so We can think of foods as existing on a spectrum. So one end of the spectrum is like your high quality, you know, your high nutrient dense, your minimally processed foods, you know, your fruits, your veggies, your whole grains, your lean proteins, all that sort of stuff. And then the other end of the spectrum would be your lower quality foods. So that's your foods that don't contain many nutrients. They're very highly processed. They're hyper palatable. Your pizza, your donuts, your cookies, all that sort of stuff. And then there's foods that exist you know, along that spectrum, some that are closer to one end, closer to the other, some that are in the middle. So 
a generally good piece of advice is most of your diet should come from that higher quality end. So I'm not saying you can't include other like lower quality foods in moderation, but you don't want all your foods to come from these, you know, even if you can make them all fit within your deficit calories. And so th- there's two big reasons for this. So one is going to be food volume. And then also the other is going to be the fat, the effects that they have on our taste and our reward pathways in our brain. So firstly, the, the calorie density of foods is going to vary a lot. So hopefully you've heard of kind of food volume already, but you know, you know me, I'm going to, I'm here to educate. So we're going to run through it again, but the analogy that is kind of good to give here is like a kilo of feathers and a kilo of lead. They weigh the same amount, but that kilo of feathers takes up way more physical space than the lead. And it's kind of the same with food. So like, say if you were to look at 200 calories worth of something like broccoli or strawberries or potatoes or chicken breast, you know, things that are higher quality, they are going to take up way more space in your stomach than 200 calories worth of like cookies or donuts or pizza. So like your your lower quality foods. And so why does this matter? Because we have mechanical receptors in our stomach that basically sense how full or distended it is after we eat. And when they notice that our stomach is full, they send a signal to the brain to say like, hey brain, you know, we're, we're full now. So you can, you can stop eating. Stop, 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 stop. Oh my God, sorry, she went, she, she, she lost her uh, train of thought there. Stop chumping? What am I, I was trying to say, 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 stay. Oh my God, she has developed a stutter. Um, Munching, stop munching. (laughs) Oh my God, my brain. Sorry, it's early. Um, Stop munching now. And then these receptors are going to act regardless of the calorie content of the food. So it doesn't matter how many calories you've eaten. It's how full your stomach is. That's what those mechanical receptors respond to. So if you want to feel full after your meals um, and throughout the day, which is going to make it way easier to stick to your diet, obviously, because most people can't stick to their diet because they're hungry, it's probably a good idea to prioritize more of your higher quality foods again I'm not saying you shouldn't have other food sources because you can of course but just know that if the majority of your diet is made of those ultra processed foods you might feel pretty fucking hungry throughout the day and it might be quite hard to stick to your diet and then another reason that we want to focus on the food quality and not just calories is because the impact that the lower quality foods are going to have on the reward pathways in our brain and on our hunger and hunger and fullness signaling pathways so our hunger and fullness cues these evolved you have to remember in an environment where we only unprocessed foods like when we were cavemen or living in the savannah on the desert we ate like raw foods we ate plants we ate like raw fucking water buffalo meat or whatever the hell so it's quite easy to feel full after eating those foods you know Um, and that's why it's easy to feel full like after eating you know unprocessed foods even now it's not so easy to feel full when you're eating like a packet of crisps or a slice of pizza or a burger because these were designed by scientists literally working for multi-billion dollar food companies with the aim of developing like the perfect, the perfect combination of salt, sugar and fats to hijack your hunger signaling pathways so that you just cannot stop eating. Like these hyper palatable ultra processed foods, they, they do not make it easy for you to regulate your appetite and to actually sense how full you are. We live, unfortunately, we live in a, in a, in an obesogenic environment that's really hard to say um and foods are designed to make us eat way past the point of satiety and it's just important to be aware of this like if you know this then you can limit the amount that you have of them in your diet which is going to make it easier to regulate your appetite and actually be full and then another thing is like when we eat something that tastes really good it stimulates the release of dopamine by triggering reward pathways in our brain and that dopamine that's essentially the molecule of more. So our brain is like, oh my God, that is good. I want more dopamine. Eat more of that food, please. You know? And so these higher, like these lower quality, more processed foods, they can hijack those reward pathways to keep, to stimulate massive amounts of dopamine release so that we want even more of them. Whereas your higher quality, not processed foods, they don't do that really, you know? And again, this is because those very smart, very well-funded scientists have figured out how to manipulate these pathways in our brains so that we keep buying and eating their products. And so it's going to be very difficult to regulate your hunger and appetite if you have a load of these high processed foods in your diet. Like, let's be real. I find it much easier to stop eating after having a big bowl of like veggies and chicken than a spoonful of Nutella. I have that. Oh my God, I want another one. I want another one straight away, you know, and again, there's nothing wrong with Nutella, like you can have it in moderation, but I, 
I will be honest, that's a food that I would find it very hard to stop eating, you know, um, like that's why if you are going to have those kind of foods, have them alongside meals that have or other foods that are unprocessed. So like if you want Nutella, have it in some Greek yogurt and fruit, you know, something that's going to actually make you feel full rather than just eating it by itself because you're just going to eat the half the jar without even realizing it, you know. Um, also, side note, I just tried Biscoff for the first time, guys. Which I know, how did, how has she only tried Biscoff for the first time? It's just one of those things, I knew if I tasted it, I would love it. And I so I didn't want to taste it. Wow, it's good. I've been missing out, I've been putting it, I've been putting it in my Greek yogurt with fruit and it is 10 out of 10. But anyway, sorry, that's <laughs> such a side note. But yeah, when it comes to including like treat foods, and I don't really like referring to them as treat foods, but you know what I mean. I do find there tends to be two kind of camps here. So one camp kind of prefers to include them in moderation. So you might have like a biscuit or two every night or a bit of a chocolate bar. And this might help you with adherence and actually make it easier to stick to your diet. And if this is you, work away because, you know, you can, if you can fit those within your calories within moderation and that helps you stay in a deficit, that's brilliant. Then there's the other camp and I would, I would probably be more like this. I prefer to avoid these foods if I'm in a fat loss phase, just because having them regularly just makes me want to eat them more. Like I would rather have the chicken and veggies because it's going to make me fuller and I won't be kind of craving the other foods. You know, I prefer to have more bland or like plain food when I'm dieting not bland or plain but you know what I mean just because again it, it massively reduces my food focus and my cravings like I would just rather have that plate of chicken and veggies and something less satiating and tastier because it's filling I don't want to keep eating when I'm finished even if I can fit those other things within my calories it's just that's just how I like to do it again it's personal preference and neither way is better than the other so try both try both you know I think a lot of people a lot of people on Instagram always make it or almost make it out that it's like disordered not to include treat foods in your diet. You know, they demonize the concept of cutting them out and they're like, no, you shouldn't ever have to do that. And it's like, you can do it for the short term. You know what I mean? Like, and especially if you're doing it and you know why you're doing it, I don't see it properly. Like, I, f- I feel like some people on Instagram and, and even some coaches, which I just find a little bit weird, they go on as if you have to include these things in your diet like to make it sustainable and I just I don't agree like I don't agree and I don't know there's something a bit weird to me about a health professional telling people to eat ultra processed foods that's just my personal opinion I get why especially for people who are maybe uh, have a background of disordered eating and like really struggle to allow themselves to enjoy those things I can see why it makes sense but for a lot of people um there's nothing wrong with not having chocolate for a few weeks if you if it's going to make it easier to stick to your diet But again, some people are different. Some people need the chocolate to be able to stick to their diet. So you need to find what works for you. So next reason that you might not be able to stick to your diet, and it's a bit of a double-sided one, but it might be that you're either having too much variety or that you don't have enough variety. So like I said earlier, I do think eating similar foods most days is a good show. And to be honest, that's what I do just because I'm lazy. (laughs) I'm lazy. I don't have to think about food too much, but I do think that you can take this maybe too far. Like I will have variations, you know, I might swap dinners around. I might have a different cereal. I might have different veggies. I might use different sauces. So it's not like I'm eating the exact same thing every single day. And I think sometimes if you do try to eat the exact same thing every single day, you might get bored quickly and get kind of burnt out so having a structure and a plan but letting it be flexible or varied I think is a good tactic like swapping protein sources swapping carb sources that's usually what I advise and then obviously on the other side like being too varied is sort of coming back to point one about just not planning ahead but also having too much choice can lead to decision fatigue so decision fatigue is this psychological phenomenon that occurs when we just become super mentally exhausted or overwhelmed by making because we've had to make loads and loads of decisions especially in a very short period of time so it can just mean that the quality of decisions we make decreases and we might make we might be more likely to make kind of impulsive or impulsive or suboptimal choices and bad choices so like you always want to imagine that you have like a reserve of good decisions to make each day and with every decision you make that gets depleted so if you spend all day trying to make good choices around food you know you wake up you're like fuck what will I have for breakfast okay I'll have the egg whites and oh I'm out for lunch with you know people at work and oh my god this is so hard what am I going to decide okay I'll have the chicken salad and then by the end of the day you're so fucking fried that you're like fuck this I'm just going to get a takeaway you know and that can happen so if you had all your meals planned and prepped that wouldn't have happened 
you know? So if you want to make better decisions around food, you know, make it so that you have to make less decisions and you have less options within your days. Again, I'm not saying have no options, but less options. You do have to strike a balance here and again, find what works for you. Different people need a different amount of variety. Some people are like, just tell me what to eat every day. That makes life easier. Some people need that kind of uh, ability to be flexible. Again, people are all individuals um but i do find like the more structure and the less options the better especially on weekdays and work days like come on if you're doing the same thing every day and you're in the same schedule just eat the same thing okay so that brings me on kind of to my next point which is that you might be finding it hard to stick to your diet because you're not nailing the weekend so i see this a lot obviously it's probably the biggest thing that people come to me with is yeah like i'm pretty good monday to friday it's the weekends i struggle with and you know, once Saturday morning comes, their diet just goes out the window. So one reason that this happens is you're massively over restricting during the week. And this ties back into setting realistic targets. Like if you always overeat the weekends, you need to take a look at what you're doing during the weeks and ask yourself if you're being too restrictive and under eating. When we look at overeating, the problem is not the overeating. It's usually the over restricting that has caused it. So if we want to address the overeating, we need to address that over restriction and just have a look at the diet the rest of the week, you know, because if you're again, if you're trying to do 1200 calories Monday to Thursday, you might be so fucking hungry come Friday that, okay, now I'm doing three to 5,000 calories every day across the weekend because I can't stop eating. And again, that's just going to have you not in a deficit, not losing weight, even though you're putting all this mental stress on yourself Monday to Thursday to stick to your low calories. So potentially just having your calories a little bit higher and aiming to be more consistent would help there. But even if you have sensible weekday targets, you might still be a bit of a weekend warrior. So let's just look at a few tactics to navigate that. So the first things first is still try to eat a similar structure at the weekend. So same time for breakfast, same time for lunch if you can, same time for dinner if you can. I also would 100% recommend that you have the same breakfast even at the weekend. So what I'll often see is people sleep in on Saturday, they skip breakfast or they have something really different. Like they might have like a slice of toast or a bowl of cereal, something really low in protein. Then they're ending up behind on protein for the day. They're also really hungry in the evening. And then this is what starts that sort of overeating cycle or not being able to stick to their diet. So again, have the same breakfast, aim to still hit protein at all your meals. And just remember like the weekend is still a big chunk of the weekend. So you want to go into them with a plan of action, a strategy and intention if it's something that you're struggling with. So I did just release a mini Q&A episode all about like going out for meals out and stuff so definitely listen to that for some more tips if you do need them but treat the weekdays the weekend sorry as the same as the weekdays and maintain that structure and you'll probably find it a lot easier to stick to your diet okay so now we're kind of moving away from the practical reasons you're not sticking to your diet and we're going to move more into the mindset side of things which is honestly usually the biggest reason because I'm sure a lot of you know what to do but you struggle to implement it and that's where your mindset plays a huge role. So the first point is this is something I used to massively do all the time like I will hold my hands up and say I was bad for this and this is I constantly constantly told myself I just can't stick to my diet. And what did I do? I just created these self-fulfilling prophecies. So we all have stories inside our heads that we use to basically help us navigate the world. You know, stories that we've adopted over time that shape our identity. They essentially run our lives. They help us make sense of what is going on. And one of my old stories was that I just, I didn't believe that I could ever consistently stick to my diet. Like I told myself this all the time, all of the time. And when you tell yourself the same story again and again and again, what you do is you strengthen those neural connections and neural pathways in your brain, okay? And then that story becomes you. It does. And the the kicker then is that your mind will look for evidence as to why that story is true because it wants to validate itself. So I would constantly tell myself, I just can't stick to my diet. And then that almost gave me permission to fuck up because I believed I was somebody who just couldn't stick to my diet. It meant when I didn't stick to my diet, I was like, well, that's just me. You know, I just accepted it from myself because I just thought that that's who I am. And I never entertained the fact that maybe I could be disciplined, you know, and then this, when I would fuck up, 
that just solidified in my mind again that I couldn't stick to my diet even more and the process would just repeat and repeat and repeat it would just keep going it was this constant cycle and it was honestly only guys when I got actually got a coach and I had that accountability that I started to show myself like I could do it you know and I changed that story in my head over time you know I started to lay down new neural connections new pathways in my brain and like now I'm at a point where I just believe like doesn't matter like I will stick to my diet like I can do it but you know, I think so many people, and I hear this from so many people, like they just say they just can't do it. They can't be disciplined, they can't lose weight. And if you're telling yourself those stories every single day, which I'm sorry, they're bullshit, okay? Like you can, you can, I'm sorry to break it to you, but if you tell yourself these stories every day, they're going to end up being true. So just become aware of that story that you have in your head because we all have stories we all have a story you know and if you don't know what your story is then it's now is the time to get aware of that so start observing your thoughts start observing the way that you are behaving start observing those patterns the way you're speaking to yourself you know and how do we do that like journaling meditation babes and I'm going to talk about that more in a few minutes but you need to become aware of those stories and then you have to challenge the way that you're thinking and you need to look for new evidence that kind of shows you that you can even if it's like okay this day today I stuck to my diet okay that's proof that I can't do it I can't do it now we just need to do the same again today you know it's just about building up new evidence that's actually going to empower you and help you rather than hinder you but if you are someone who just tells yourself all the time I can't I can't I can't you won't be able to so if you believe you can or you believe you can't either way you're right you know and I think that's very it's a very cliche saying but it's true like the power of your mind, guys, is so fucking massive in this entire game. It is, it is. And it really does all start from there. It starts from in, inside your mind, inside your mindset. Like, you need to become aware of the way that you think about these things and how they are serving you, okay? So, next up, we have the good old all or nothing thinking or expecting yourself to hit everything 100% and if it isn't 100% you just fuck it off so listen to me and repeat after me you do not need to be 100% with your diet you need to be like 90% consistently for long enough there is zero point in being 100% on having one slip up and then just fucking it off and going back to 0% and then trying to repeat that again and again that is not going to get you results You need to redefine what sticking to your diet means because it doesn't have to mean hitting your calories and macros to the gram every single day. It can mean just like hitting close to your protein and within like 100 to 200 calories of your of your calorie target. Like that can be sticking to your diet. And I'm a huge fan with all my lifestyle clients. I will give them calorie ranges. So and then a protein goal. So like they might have a goal of say like 1800 to 2000 calories and 140 grams of protein and I'll say to them let carbs and fat be flexible and this just means then that they're way less likely to press the fuck it button if they're like 100 calories over because they don't have that discrete you know one target they're working towards and I've just found this so so helpful with clients and they tend to get really good results because they're just able to stay consistent for long enough with having a slightly more flexible mindset to their nutrition again like even when we look, because I think people get so caught up in, I'm not in, I'm not uh, sticking to my deficit calories, but like, it's it's a deficit over time on average. Like, you will burn more calories, less calories day to day, depending on what you've done that day. Do you know what I mean? So it's not like every single day I burn exactly 2000 calories. So I therefore must eat 1500 calories exactly. Like some days you'll burn 1900, some days you might burn 2200. So you don't need to hit like an exact number. It's just that on average over time, you need to be in and around a similar number, okay? And again, I'm not saying like, don't take the piss here, don't just eat whatever, but like having this approach where you expect 90% or so effort on most days and then just stringing those days together for long enough, that's gonna get you to where you wanna be, okay? You don't need to be 100% for one week and then shit for the the next week. Be 90% consistently over time. Okay, and then the last reason that you can't stick to your diet, and I'm gonna be calling a lot of people out with this one, so I'm sorry in advance, but this is probably the number one reason that people can't do it, is that they are terrible at regulating their emotions and they're completely unaware of their thoughts and their behavior patterns. This is a fucking huge one okay so many people suck at emotional regulation they don't even understand their own emotions they don't understand their own thoughts they don't understand why they do the things that they do like I see so many people struggle because they 
they emotionally eat or they stress eat. And that's because they don't know how to manage those emotions, those stressful feelings. They don't know how to soothe their feelings. They, they don't know how to soothe their emotions. Now, I do want to make this clear. I'm not, I'm obviously, I'm not an expert in this. I'm not a psychiatrist. Like, I'm not a therapist, but I've spent a lot of time learning about like emotions emotional regulation over the last few years because I know it makes a huge difference and if you do genuinely struggle a lot with emotional eating someone who is amazing to check out is Amelia Thompson and she has so much content on this so I'm not going to go too deep into this but I'm just going to give you a brief synopsis of like how we can manage our emotions a little bit and in the long run hopefully improve our nutrition because I don't think you need to be like fully like you know almost on the cusp of an eating disorder to be struggling with this I think a lot of people struggle with this and it's just because a lot of us we're not the best at managing our emotions so you know when we look at emotional eating a lot of people are very highly impulsive so they have a negative thought or a negative feeling a negative emotion and instead of actually being able to sit with that and respond to it in a helpful way or being able to soothe those feelings they immediately reach for food um so they don't have to confront those feelings so that they don't have to deal with what they're experiencing and so much of this just comes down to the fact that we're not taught to manage our emotions when we grow up like we were taught in school how to to I don't know like calculate the area of a circle or draw an ordnance survey map or whatever the fuck rather than looking at our emotions and how we can regulate those you know yes we're taught that you can be sad or happy or angry but like there's just so much more there's so much more on the spectrum and it's like how do we deal with those feelings or if we're feeling uncomfortable or we're feeling undervalued or we're feeling lonely like how do we deal with those things and again like just just I think the main struggle people have is that they just let themselves be completely controlled by their emotions rather than looking at their emotions as a signal, which is essentially what they are. It's, it's energy in motion. Your emotions are something they're trying to tell you something. And so say I have a really bad day at work and like maybe I feel shit. Maybe I feel undervalued. Maybe I don't feel good enough. I feel upset. I feel like a failure. I could allow those emotions to completely overtake me. And if if I don't have the ability to soothe myself and to calm myself, I might just turn to food for comfort and to, that's going to help me dispel those emotions. But in this case, the food is not going to fix the problem and it's not going to make me feel better in the long run. And actually nine times out of 10, if you have kind of struggled with this, you can probably understand it makes it worse because then you kind of maybe feel a little bit guilty on top of it. And I'm not saying you should feel guilty for eating, but you know, if you have a goal and you're doing things that are not in alignment with that goal, you're going to feel a bit ne negative, you know? So now you've got all the negative emotions that you haven't dealt with and then more negative emotions on top. But if I have the ability to actually regulate my emotions well, I might be able to sit with them. I might be able to observe how I'm feeling, say, okay, I'm feeling this way. Can I engage in other practices that are going to help me step back from that emotion, understand it a little bit more, soothe myself and then move on, you know, and that's going to look different for everybody. Like for some people that might be journaling, it could be doing some breath work, doing some meditation, getting outside for some fresh air, talking to your friend, petting a dog, hugging your partner. But these are practices that are going to make you feel way better than just sitting down and stuffing your face. And they're actually going to help solve it. And again, even with emotions like negative emotions are not a, ba a bad thing like I think a lot of us have this in our head that like, if I feel sad it's the worst thing ever but we were I'm not going to get too deep into spirituality and stuff but like we're spiritual beings having this like human experience and part of that human experience is feeling all of the emotions on the spectrum if I want to feel happy I must accept that I am going to feel sad sometimes that's just it's it's part of it I I have to have that contrast and I, that's something I've worked on a lot recently um, over the last few years even and just with my with my therapist is like if I have a week where I'm feeling down I don't beat myself up for it I understand that it will pass like all our emotions like everything we experience in in life is transient this experience we're having right now it will pass it always passes it's the same thing with like stress which I've spoken about that before but like when we feel stressed we can learn to step back and observe the stress and choose how to respond and that word respond that I keep using it's very key here we can choose to respond to what we encounter in life rather than just reactively or reacting impulsively reactively reacting whatever um, and it takes time to develop that skill like you're not you're not you are not going to become this super emotionally intelligent stable person overnight like you have to work at it you have to work like I have done so much work uh over the last few years and I'm still not even close to where I need to be but that's where practices like 
journaling and meditation come on or come in you know they help us create that gap between stimulus you know the negative emotion negative feeling feeling negative thought negative experience and how we respond and then we can choose our next action and what we're going to do from a much more calm centered place like and i think people think that the whole like meditation journaling breathwork is like hippy dippy it's fucking not okay it's just it's literally about being a more centered human who can deal with life in a better way okay so if you are someone who's like i don't need to journal i don't need to meditate yes you do yes you do okay so learning how to regulate your emotions massive 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 Um, and even just for things like hunger and cravings like they are just feelings as well and if we can improve our ability to regulate emotions tolerate discomfort as well like that's something that's massive so many people cannot tolerate discomfort like if they feel in any way uncomfortable whether that's pain in the gym or hungry or cravings they they need to do something to stop it you will survive like you can survive pain you can survive discomfort i know your brain doesn't like it but learn how to sit through it just observe it for what it is which is just again it's a transient feeling you know but if we can improve our ability to step back from those kind of transient states of being we like especially like hunger craving we can decide not to indulge not to react to them and just ride it out you know and that's and then we can make a more sensible decision you know maybe we eat our prep meal rather than the bag of crisps or whatever it is but actually being able to tolerate the discomfort of hunger of cravings of feeling negative and understanding that you don't need to do anything about it right now because it will pass. So if you're someone who's very much run by emotions and you think this is a big reason that you can't stick to your diet, which you might not have thought about it until now, but maybe I have called you out and opened your eyes a little bit, start learning to manage your emotions. And a really look, obviously the big thing here is therapy. I can't talk about therapy enough. I use BetterHelp, go to therapy. But I know that not everybody can afford therapy. It is expensive. Um, but a really brilliant book for this is Why Has Nobody Told Me This Before by Dr. Julie Smith and also Emotional Agility by Susan David. So I would definitely read those books. But learning how to regulate your emotions, learning how to sit with discomfort, sit with uncomfortable emotions, sit with uncomfortable thoughts and feelings, you will probably be able to stick to your diet a lot better. You know, I know a lot of people, it's like as soon as they feel, as soon as anything goes wrong in life, they turn to food. You can learn not to do that. You can. And it is going to make your dieting a lot more successful. Okay? So that is pretty much it, folks. There we have it. So some of the reasons that you might not be able to stick to your diet and hopefully some tools as well to help you overcome these. And again, like I said, remember that sticking to your diet is a skill. You're going to get better at it with time. And if you're only getting into this, don't expect to be amazing at it at first. Like it took me years before I felt like I was someone who could stick to my diet, no matter what. And like realistically, I'll still have the odd slip up here and there. Like not, not on prep. Absolutely not. But like, if I'm just like having, like just doing a normal fat loss diet, I might, I might go, oh, a little bit over my calories some days, but that I don't use that as evidence that I'm shit and that I can't stick to my diet and I just get back to normal. And that's the biggest thing here is like, if you do slip up on your diet, because it happens, just get straight back to normal the next day or at the next meal. That's it. And I know, and I know my results and how my body looks, it's the result of what I do on average most of the time, not like the odd little slip up here and there, you know? So again, it's just about being consistent, getting back to normal as soon as you can. So I shall love you and leave you there. The sun is now up. I can't wait. I'm hoping that I'll have a nice little sunny morning walk. Um, I've bought a coffee every single morning since I've been here. So that's like 25 euro a week on coffee, but I need something to give me some sense of satisfaction. Anyway, that's completely unrelated. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. As always, if you found this episode helpful, I would love if you would rate, review, follow, subscribe, the podcast, whatever all those different things are. Tag me, um, share it to your Instagram stories and tag me. My Instagram is at emma.curvin. If you want to work with me, I have some coaching spaces. Um, I I think I might be getting near capacity. It's hard to know. I think I need to go past capacity to realize at what point is my capacity. Um, but for now, I've got a few spaces, so fuck it. Come join the fun. Um, and you can do that by going to the link below. If you have any questions for my Q&A episodes, you can also go to the link below um, where I will go over those or where you can submit to the type form, which is an anonymous. And that's it. So have a wonderful day. I love you so much. Thank you so much for listening. Love you. Bye.